Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns, and I am proud to be your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring our favorite beers and breweries to life. And this week is no different, folks. Very excited to introduce you episode number 80, Ochenta, the lovely and talented Ola Volo. We came to learn of Ola through the work she'd done with Doan's Craft Beer, but it's much more than labels. She's an incredible, incredible mural artist doing pieces all over the world. We talked to her about her process, her career, how she got started, how she connected with folks, and just kind of see where it takes us. So it's a really great episode. It's really nice to connect with somebody. This is one of those episodes where I know that we could probably have done, you know, talk for hours upon hours. It was really natural. And anyway, anytime anyone laughs at my jokes, it always makes them an even more popular guest with me. But it just could uh, really just set the tape recorder rolling and just really kind of kick back. So Ola was a wonderful guest. I actually had the opportunity, a little spoiler alert mentioned later in the episode, but most recently on my trip to New York City in the Flatiron District, I had the opportunity to see one of her murals in person at the Starbucks on 21st and 5th. And it was just really nice to kind of see that up close, you know, get to experience that. Why has my have my cup of coffee? And just, uh, it's really nice. It's really nice to see that. It was really nice to be a part of it. Really enjoy what she's doing, her energy, her passion, murals. I mean, I just think it's, it's one of those art forms that I just find incredibly interesting, difficult, overwhelming, amazing, all together. And just there's some great pieces up there on her, on her page. You can follow along, you know, on her website, olavolo.com, or on Instagram, it's O. L-A-V-O-L-O, and that's the same .com on her website, so you can see more information there. Really exciting news is she's uh, about to embark on her own personal show, which she has just announced. It should be really cool. It's um, running from October 5th through the 6th uh, in Vancouver, and it's called King, Queen, Lovers, Fool, and we want to just be one of the first to, to wish her you know the best of luck there. I think it's going to be a, a massive success, and hopefully that when we maybe collaborate in the future and do another show, maybe we can find a way to get Ola to be a part of that. But you're listening to the 16-ounce canvas, the art of craft beer, 16ozcanvas.com, hashtag 16ozcanvas for all your canvas of 16-ounce variety needs. Pass the word on to your friends. Let them know, share, retweet, like, upload, download, do whatever you do. But without further ado, we're just getting right into it. Olavolo, episode 70, 16-ounce canvas, Art of Craft Beer podcast. Enjoy, my friends. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today the extremely talented Olavola. Volo, uh, the mural artist extraordinaire. She's uh, checking in by uh, Montreal, but uh, she comes from Kazakhstan and spent most of her you know, life growing up in Vancouver. So really excited. Like I said, you're super busy, Ola. So really excited to be able to have you on the on the podcast and be part of the project. We're really excited to speak to you. 
Thank you. I'm really excited to speak to you guys too. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited because Ola, before we started, told us she actually listened to the podcast. So that's like our, you know, we're, we're gaining listeners one, one at a time. So we, we, we appreciate it. Of course. It. <laughs> of course. Yeah, so it's we, a must. It's a must. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you hear that, folks. You got to listen. So um, obviously, um, you know, we came to learn of your work through Dones and, we'll, you know, Dones Craft Brewing Company. We'll give them a nice little plug. But, you know, we'll, we'll get to that part of the story. But um, for folks scoring at home and want to follow along with Ola's work, it's Ola Volo. O A, I mean O L A V O L O on Instagram, and then olavolo.com uh, is the website. And it's really, it's just really great. This your your portfolio is wonderful. I mean, it's really vivid. It's I, I love, I love your style. It's something that's truly your own. And just to to be able to bring that to life on such a massive scale with some of these murals is just, it, it's mind boggling. It's really, I think murals. And their acceptance and an abundance that we've seen in recent years has really made just kind of walking down the street and you know traveling just such a much more enjoyable experience because there's just art everywhere. So I'm just glad that you're uh, being a big part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And I I also noticed how just how much the murals have shaped are starting to shape neighborhoods. And you know, a lot of the times they travel to places that neighborhoods are going through some a rough time or abandoned neighborhoods and so we sort of through public art we're able to like with you know other artists that we usually go to like to I don't know to a smaller city we're able to bring neighborhoods back to life and get people curious about spaces and make them a bit more safe just because there's more people that are you know coming by and photographing the murals so it's really been beautiful to watch the transformation that can happen through street art and just murals and then all of a sudden uh, the building takes on a different life and then people start to behave differently in that space. And it's, it's incredible. I, I completely agree. You can take a, you put a couple of murals up and, you know, people, I mean, it's wonderful now that makes it a destination place. You know, there's all these different mm-hmm. websites and with social, you can tag the location and people go there and then, you're looking at the mural, then you maybe go visit the local bakery in the deli, you know, and you stay there and then you tell a friend. It just, it really, it's really amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you always say the power of art, but it's really, in this day and age, it's really just kind of, it's really nice because murals weren't always, they were always seen as, you know, in certain parts of the country, you know, as graffiti or mm-hmm. vandalism. And now it's mm-hmm. just to give you this massive size canvas and it's it's mm-hmm. so i mean it's self-serving for me i think it's just wonderful so i mean if, if, yeah. yeah one thing i also think that's different with mural with murals that are it's so popular now and it's it's becoming much more accepted is that it's it's completely free like that is one thing that we've never had we have to pay to go to a gallery or some people don't feel comfortable going to galleries because maybe they all you know maybe they feel like they might not understand the, the artwork or whatever it is but with murals, they're sort of this unapologetically there and sort of like you just stumble and interpret it on your own time. And maybe it'll inspire somebody else or whatever it is. But there's sort of like a changing the language around art itself um, with having so much public art that's free and inclusive, you know. And this is something I, I, sh- I see the shift in the way art is perceived is being perceived as we as we move forward and street art is being documented so much, you know, as more documented than any art in any history. Like, <laughs> we all have phones. We're all 
documenting that every wall before it even gets, you know, painted over. And so watching this sort of idea that we are, the street art is being captured. And if we look back in, you know, in the next 20 years or the past 20 years or 10 years, I guess, not, not that long, but we having phones on us all the time and capturing the process and the artists behind it and knowing that, you know, behind every mural there is a there's some there's a human and watching the, their process I think this this whole experience for me has been so so much more connected to communities to people to like the reason why art is important in our society and in every society that it just it brings life it brings joy and it brings most importantly it brings curiosity in people and curiosity is such a beautiful thing to have and so yeah, I, I think the more I travel to do my work, the more I realize, like, the more I fall in love with murals, even though I find it to be such a, like, a really tough um, labor on my body, just because I'm, like, hanging off, like, 70 feet up in the air, like, the wind is blowing, it's 30 degrees outside, I have a hard hat, and, you know, I'm linked up to, with, like, a heavy chain to the machine, like, there's all these complications, and, you know, you're out there for 12 hours or something painting, but the, the labor is so intense, but the actual experience, like, watching how people react to the work and feel like they, it's now a landmark, and how people feel like they can ask you questions about it as you you know, out during your process and understand what the work is about rather than galleries where you come in and you might never meet the artist ever, or you can just sort of like, you know, feel too intimidated to go to a gallery where, where with street art, there's sort of that intimidation and that sort of filter is taken away. And uh, yeah, and I, and I find that whenever I'm traveling uh, and I'm going to mural festivals or I'm doing some client work, a lot of the other mural artists that I meet, we're all sort of like, on the same page you know there's this it's kind of a dirty like we're all kind of a dirty artist we're always kind of like up in the air everyone's you know everyone's covered in paint everyone's got their gas masks on and spraying and all their tools are the same and so I find that I really found this community that I've always been searching for of these creative people who think in a similar way that I do and I had no idea that was it like mural artists are the people that I would connect to most. I, you, very well said. I, I really agree. Especially, that it was nice to just think while you were talking about it. The fact that it's this free, you know, um, kind of doesn't have a class or doesn't have any sort of preconceived notions, like a, you know, an open air art show, and allows everyone to kind of have that shared experience. You know, one could argue. Yeah that, you know, the gallery, you know, the gallery scene is, you know, usually has, you know, for folks with maybe, a, you know, a disposable income who are looking to purchase things. Mm-hmm. And, the, you mm-hmm. know, you see a kid on the street and you think, wow, you know, they're, they're drawn, you know, I just dropped my kids off at, you know, art camp and they come home every day with their little pieces and they're mm-hmm. covered in paint from head to toe and they're super mm-hmm. happy to show me these things, which you have to ask them what they made first before you interpret it. <laughs> And it's just, it's just really wonderful because you see that and I, we always kind of come to this is that, you know, all the artists are, can, you know, have that blank canvas on, you know, different sizes, you know, down to the label mm-hmm. all, and then some of yourself who's doing these massive pieces. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's just really just wonderful to, to be able to kind of 
leave that to literally make you know that city or, or town a better place so it's yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I, it, what you're saying before about phones and social you know just click it on mural ha- the mural hashtag and just to kind of escape and go mm-hmm. down this rabbit hole i mean i could spend i i find myself spending some days hours and going wow like and it's like it's just incredible and that's how i found different folks and you know part of me is always mm-hmm. hoping like mm-hmm. going through their profile oh man please tell me they did something with the brewery so i can talk to this person like please you know <laughs> yeah, yeah it's really well, this this is so interesting how you say like well you know because we i used to think that artists all sort of like you work in one medium you only make paintings and that's sort of the life that you live but what i've realized and maybe this has always been the case but what I find with, uh, with how to be able to sustain yourself as a, as a creative is to be very versatile and be able to, you know, jump on projects that are the late on, you know, as small as a label, beer label, or as big as a mural or something in the middle where it's these like canvas work, or maybe I'm doing right now, just last night, I just finished uh, doing some custom work for Louis Vuitton, like how <laughs> such a random project, but at the same time, it was like, a, it was just, a, it was, they gave me their products and I could, you know, experiment with my style on it. So I think at the end of the day, because we're so, the curiosity of being a creative is interesting. I think like that we don't, we're not sort of like limited to, to any size of a canvas, but at the same time, it's all about, for me, it's all about this sort of like overall story or the style is so particular like I, I the way I I have like I like to draw mountains this way trees this way people look a certain way and so uh the shape and form that they take on different materials and different canvases is sort of like you're building this world <clears throat> and whether it's going to be on your beer can maybe it's going to be on a bus ad or maybe it's going to be on your pants or in a t-shirt or on a huge mural that you're walking by every day but it, overall, the style is the same, and so the story sort of continues through different canvases. I I just love that concept. I love that idea, and it just makes me sort of more hopeful that it, that more people will stumble upon it and sort of get carried away into this whimsical world of like this Eastern European folklore, and then sort of like remind them of their childhood, and then you know, kind of have a bit of fun with, with art because I really try not to take art too seriously and hence like the, the collaboration with the beer, with Jones, like they were just super fun guys and they were like, do whatever you want. I was like, cool if I put a cat on your... <laughs> They're like, totally cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like 12 labels later, I'm like, do you guys have girlfriends I could draw? Like, do you have a girlfriend? Great. <laughs> so I put a one with, you know... Uh, him, his girlfriend, and the cat, the dogs, like, I get the whole family in there. So it's just been, like, this interesting concept of that we're not sort of limited to any canvases anymore, and especially in the digital age, that everything is, you know, you can email your work in an instant, and if somebody can have it on the other side of the world, and it could be, you know, printed on the largest pieces or in smallest work, but also you can you know, go somewhere and just do a can or a wall somewhere in the middle of Canada. I did this one huge mural, like northern of Canada, such a tiny, tiny town where I don't think anyone goes, you know, like, not, not, sorry, <laughs> I, I don't know anybody, any of my close friends that live there. But when I was there, I realized there's a huge community of, of creative people. And so this mural, a lot of this public art actually lives 
online because a lot of them are sort of hidden in places that that are maybe inaccessible or maybe it's not in the middle of New York, you know? <laughs> so, and I love that concept that it's sort of preserved in a small town in a special place on a special wall, but has this vibrant life online that people are like, Oh, I know this piece, but never seen it in, in person, but I on um, having work online and it sort of lives there. It's like a, a cool way to sort of tell the rest of the story of, of how your canvases are actually part of one world and sounds so cheesy, but that's what I, that's the I, I don't know. I don't think, I mean, I don't think it sounds cheesy at all. I think that what you're saying is great because you look at, you know, when people see these, it becomes a backdrop. It's like, Oh, I want to get a picture in front of that. Or I want to, you know, or maybe this is a landmark now. Meet me at the, you know, at the Volo, right? And they go, okay, they know where to go there and meet at the, at, the, at, the, at the mural. And that's a, it also kind of yeah. is a sign that that's a, you know, area where, you know, maybe it's more open-minded or open to art. And it kind of, mm-hmm. it evokes all these maybe feelings of safety or trust or happiness. And I yeah. think it's really, yeah, I think it's great. What I think with you, because you're all over the world, it'd be kind of cool to do like a map. And have you know just kind of mm-hmm. have your the pieces that you have because they all do interact with each other they have a similar facial structure you know i think your yeah. one of your trademarks is the you know the cheeks with the circles you know i think that's really mm-hmm. that carries through in a lot of you know all of your work and how you you yeah. know structure nature you know with the you have a certain mm-hmm. type of your trees and and your animals and how you the different features that yeah. you you know, accentuate and, yeah. I, and I, I really like it because you have your commercial clients and you also have your music and your art and different, you know, uh, things. So I think it's a really nice, um, you know, example of, you know, of your, your, your vision and your, the vibe that you're putting out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sort of, I, you know, because I, I've always, I was always interested in art and I was always doing art as a kid and, and I went to art school and I, you know, but when I got to art school, I, you know, as many artists, have the fear that you know you won't get a job when you get out of school I studied graphic design and so I was able to learn this language um of you know of jpegs and you know illustrator files and photoshop and all those tools not not that I was a good designer because I was always trying to cram too many details (laughs) into you know much like my work but I I learned this language that I that sort of enabled me to be able to communicate with agencies better and whatever. So I, I think there's this concept, I mean, sort of being able, being able to, as I talked earlier about being versatile and being able to like switch to digital work and then be able to take a spray can and do a wall and then do a really tight canvas piece. And then sort of this person being versatile keeps you on your toes, keeps, keeps you telling the story, but also you know, realistically speaking, it, it allows you, like, allows me to be able to work and not feel like I'm, you know, like I'm limited by by particular medium. And so for me, I'm able to work with different clients this way. But yes, sustain my personal practice on the side because I think that's so important to be able to tell my, just my story, just my work and keeping it very... Uh, keep evolving through my own pieces and then have, you know, commercial clients come in and, and sort of want a little bit of that style in their, in their brand, but, uh, but it's their story, you know, at the end of the day, it's their, it's their um, pitch, you know, of what they want to see in the work. So 
I like the balance between two. So you're you're challenged by there's somebody else's story, but yet you explore yourself more and more through through personal work. And something I did this summer is I took the summer off. I did you know maybe like three or four murals throughout uh, the summer, but what I did is I spent every day at the studio just working on a solo show. And it's just, my studio is just crammed with canvases right now. And I'm excited because it's, it's completely personal. It, the work is looking, it's evolving. It's looking more refined. And it's, uh, I think I realized how important it is to not like just, I mean, I knew about this, but I, I think it, it actualized itself is how important it is to, like check in with yourself and make sure that as a creative that you're, you're always sort of coming back to why you fell in love with the work with the art in the first place and and keep doing personal work and maybe it's not maybe it's not your best work maybe it is your best work but it just means that you're sort of checking in with your own story because I think once I when I start to do too much commercial work I just sort of lose that I don't know, like lose myself a little bit, um, you know, just because like, you know, sometimes just so, uh, so many critiques, so many opinions, sometimes there's, there's like four different people's opinions that you need to get through before it's approved, you know, and, and maybe it's not the best sketch that's approved or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, work is work and then you have this other practice that's so personal that you're able to you know critique yourself and critique friends come in and critique your work or whatever it is and it just it's sort of it it's been a really interesting um I think three or four months in being in the studio and getting deeper and deeper into my head <laughs> it sounds like a fun process and I, I think that you're pretty grounded in trying to challenge yourself and I think to be able to step out of that right and look at where things are where they're going and to be self-aware that you know maybe some of the the projects are not you know you have to find a i guess if you look at like a pie chart which is always super interesting to look at right <laughs> you know but a certain mm-hmm. per, certain percentage of your time you have to find that perfect you know breakdown to the it, it, you know what what is fulfillment and what is success and so i think that, that it's all part of that yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. So let's let's take a step back. You kind of just like whipped over your your story. So let's let's take a little step back okay. to to Ola's kind of. How, how did you get started? How did you kind of find your love of you know of art and you know how did you you know get where you are today? Just summarize your whole life in like you know six <laughs> five six minutes. You know some maybe a little fun anecdote in the middle and just kind of yeah yeah just yeah. Oh, yeah. No problem. No I'll pressure. Give you all the juice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm originally, as we uh, mentioned, you mentioned earlier, I'm originally from Kazakhstan, and Kazakhstan is located on like it's such a big country. I don't know why not a lot of people know about it. It's like the ninth biggest country in the world. <laughs> Just gonna drop that in there. It's huge, and and a lot of people have never heard about it. But I grew up about half an hour away from the border of China. So it's kind of located between China, Mongolia, and Russia. But I speak Russian and I and I grew up on Eastern European folklore and Middle Eastern folklore because just how Kazakhstan is positioned. And when we moved to Canada, I was learning English was a bit of a barrier for me because it's, you know, the new language for me. But I continued doing art. And I think art was the sort of this medium that helped me 
avoid all the barriers of language because it was visual and I could keep practicing. And I was actually, I was pretty good as a kid. Like I, I remember I looked back at my work and I was like, hmm, not too bad for like an eight year old or a 10 year old. And so I, I think my parents were kind of on the same boat or maybe they were just trying to find a way to keep me entertained as a, you know, as an immigrant kid. Um, I didn't have a ton of friends. so I spent a lot of time doing artwork. And so I kept being placed in these like different classes, whatever my, my parents were able to find, like a, an oil painter who was willing to share their skills or a person who was really good at sketching. I took some, you know, a half a year with this artist, half a year with that sort of like shadowing a uh, professional artist as a kid. And I ended up in art school pretty early on, like while I was still in high school, I started doing night classes of my art art school university university in Vancouver. And yeah, it just kind of like that's all I did. I did like as a kid, I was interested in art, and I continued being interested in art. I mean, different. I, as I said, I did some graphic design. I then went to Europe, studied there for a little bit, and then came back, had like a total life crisis to realize I was like, you know what? I was working for this marketing agency. I was doing so much, um, just a lot of promotion work, you know, like working for all the big brands and, and I just was not doing any artwork. And I was just like a sort of like, well, it's, it's interesting how when your money comes from something that you don't love that much, I just, I felt like I was wasting the money as well I was just spending it on nothing and I was not saving anything and just was feeling a little bit empty and so I quit everything quit my job quit my quit my life in Vancouver and I moved to New York and that's where I really got a glimpse of creative people my age making work making a living out of it making it a total reality to have a studio to have a you know be as an artist have a portfolio work every day as a creative and I was so, I was so taken back and I was like, holy cow, like, I just need to work my butt off and then hopefully like get a, get a, get some kind of job, like maybe a commission from a magazine or, and I just went bananas. Like I just, I went and started emailing every cool magazine that I loved and just sort of like being so sincere about my, you know, how much I love their work. And, and so anyways, I had like a hundred rejections. <laughs> I got a couple of yeses and then and then one it just became like a chain reaction. They're like, Oh, someone's like really willing to work and has a particular style and we some they just started taking chances on me and then all of a sudden it sort of like started to it was like a chain reaction. Then a mural I did one mural and after that I was doing, you know, you know, that year I did like twenty murals. It was it was I didn't even know what a mural was. I remember Googling what is a mural <laughs> and ended up in this sort of in a space where I was doing murals, I was doing commercial work, I was doing magazine illustrations, you know, for articles. And all of a sudden, I think it was that sort of like not having a plan B. I was just so focused on, okay, I was so unhappy doing a commercial job, like just working for a for some company that was was going to replace me, you know, you know, in a matter of minutes when I quit, I wanted to try something completely different, and I just took a chance. Like I didn't have any savings or anything, so it was really just like, you better, <laughs> you better reach out to enough people and not be shy about it because you got to pay rent. <laughs> I remember sort of like that concept being like, well, 
a job's a job. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta just reach out and not be shy about promoting yourself and being like, this is what I do. So I ended up doing that and I loved every project and I still love every single gig I get. I'm like, holy cow, I can't believe I'm doing this. And it's like, that's how I spend my days is doodling and drawing and thinking ideas and scratching ideas. And so I've been doing it full time for seven years and I cannot believe that. (laughs) And I came back to Vancouver and I was like, okay, the way to do it is to hustle really, really hard and to be able to work all the time and not wait for inspiration to hit. And um, it allowed, it's, it's allowed me to be very mobile. And so I now moved to Montreal and, you know, set up a studio here, have my practice here, but I end up working in the States a lot and I'm doing a lot of murals there. And this is my home base and I'm learning French while I'm at it. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, why not? Just throw something else into the mix. Now, do you have? <laughs> why not? Yeah, exactly. You only live once. Now, do you have the original those those letters you sent out? Do you have? Do you have any any of those let the rejection letters? Uh, or? Yeah. Oh my God. I think I do. I. It was. You know. It was back in like 2000. I don't know. I guess 2011, 2012. And I remember just being. You know, literally like adding jpegs to the emails you're like okay i'm gonna drop like seven jpegs <laughs> now that i think about it like that's not how you probably should do an introduction like a huge emails of just being like this is my life this is what i do <laughs> and and uh and then just getting like yeah your work is not a fit for us <laughs> or being like or just no no answers or just being like uh we looked over or you know we looked over your work which at the time <laughs> it's not a fit absolutely not and then be like oh but I to be honest I wasn't I wasn't so emotionally invested in the rejections like I I saw them and I and I was like well you know but that's that's okay but what I found and but what I find that um a lot of the people that didn't respond they just you know like they discover me that they're like oh we saw your work on this blog or on this like other campaign or whatever we're, you know, we'd love to work together. And in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, I've emailed you guys like seven times. <laughs> like, you know, 10 years, not 10 years, but seven years ago, like I've definitely emailed you guys a couple of times and never got any feedback. But because, you know, a lot of the times these art directors are just flooded with, with emails of people, you know, of other artists introducing their work. So you just get, you just get mixed up in that you know, in that bundle of stuff and never even get a chance to, you know, be in front of their eyes. So sometimes doing these projects, you never know who might tumble up on your work. Yeah. You just never know. Yeah, that was my next question. Have you worked with any of the folks that either didn't get back to you or uh, quote unquote <laughs> rejected you? Yeah, I was. that's great. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I work with actually quite a few. I remember always just, loving like I just love the brand the Starbucks brand I think it's so cool I think it's so folklore I like the story behind it and I I had no idea how to like I emailed like random like just like thinking like who's the art director there how can I do an email and I ended up doing a big mural in Seattle I didn't even realize that it was like right in front of the headquarters um and so uh, the art director at Starbucks came up to me while I was doing the mural and I was like, she was, you know, she was like, well, would you like to work with us? We, we looked at your work and it's like, it's really a good fit for our, our brand. 
And so I've been doing, I don't know, something like six murals across from New York to LA <clears throat> to like North Carolina. I get to work and they're a phenomenal collaborations. They're really, really let me kind of like do my thing. Not very, uh, I don't know, very liberating and kind of just do your thing. We trust you, uh, get creative. And so that's how I ended up working with them. But yet I've always wanted to. I've emailed like random emails, get trying to guess who is in charge of hiring yeah. artists there. Um, but you never know how you're going to stumble upon these people. Yeah, because yeah, my the, my day job is in sales, and so it's always like you're trying to see who's the person to talk to, and it's like you go on these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just like, well, maybe they're this person, and okay, do I go with the cra- <laughs> do I go with the crazy email subject, or do I, you know, how do I do it? <laughs> Yeah, because I get that. I get. Yeah. I mean, I reach out to folks and they don't get back to me. And then I've had they'll reach. You know, those, I'll see them all of a sudden, like in a couple months, they start following. And so some folks mm-hmm. don't do email, but some folks really like. It's amazing depending on the social, right? Some folks do a lot of business through Instagram, which I is interesting. Yeah. Other folks do a lot through their Facebook, and it's just always interesting what what medium or what, what hits. yeah what hits. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that that's always been kind of interesting to me. And like, like yeah, oh, I've been yeah. trying to get a hold what of you. What do you find for you? Um, do you find it, it's like becoming more and more Instagram or is it back on Twitter or is Facebook still going strong? Like, I don't, I, I don't know. It, I feel like I just only have patience for Instagram at this time. Yeah, I, think, yeah I think for, for me, it's been, it's been the easiest to find people on Instagram because the duality, because either the client who they did the work for will post it. And so then if they... In a way, I think, you know, some some breweries have been, you know, I feel like they're hoping it's going to help them. And so I think in a way they're like, oh, okay. And, but they also save me a lot of legwork. I'll say, oh, who did those cans or who did that mural? And, oh, that was so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And here's her. And then they tag her, you know, and boom. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. that saved me weeks, you know, of trying to figure that out. And so other times it's just, exactly. oh, we have we have some people who do it. And I'm like, okay, like how many times do I have to ask, you know, so it becomes, it becomes interesting. And then, you know, you feel like kind of, I don't feel as much as I used to, but I think, you know, as I say, sliding into someone's DM, just like sending them like a private message. It's just, it feels more personal than an email. So part of me worries like, am I impeding on their personal space? So, but I, I get a bunch of messages from people. So I guess, I, right. But I mean, I think originally it was like, okay, you had to know someone's username mm-hmm. And then to send them a message, they had to add you to their friends list. So I think it's, it, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that dynamic has changed. But I think it's been it's been interesting to kind of think of that, like what's the best way to reach people. I find yeah. I find if you yeah. send someone a message and they don't respond to you once or twice, if you put something, I what I use, I put like take three, like saying, "Hey, I've tried you a mm-hmm. bunch of times." It's kind of it stands out. But if you if you, if you reply to your previous message that didn't work. It's very unlikely they're going to mm-hmm. reply to that because whatever the subject was didn't connect the first time, so it doesn't connect the second time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, I think about with I'm, I'm I imagine that with a lot of creative people who Instagram is like if if their whole thing is about their work, they're used to like it's usually people reach out in regards to their work. You know, it's not and nothing personal. Yeah, <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. I know, I know what you mean. There is sort of like this concept of, you know, if you don't know somebody, how do you reach out and how do you make it seem like like a genuine connection? Like not, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I get a little bit shy too. Yeah. Cause some folks have like, some folks have their, and then you have to, I mean, I think, I think if you take the time and this is advice for anybody, if you take the time to look at the, 
the person and you're not just copying the same message to people. I think that resonates. Mm-hmm. If you, because some yeah. people have one account and that's their work, their life, their personal, everything in one. And so other folks, they'll have, mm-hmm. you know, business and personal separate. So I think, I think you have to read, you know, as we teach, we're teaching the, you know, the kids to kind of read the room, you know, um, you know, it's, I think it's important to really look around and understand, Hey, you know, and not just say, some cookie cutter message, you know, to really try to personalize it. You know, I, I think that mm-hmm, goes a long mm-hmm. way. Yeah, I completely agree. And we are back. You're listening to episode number 80, Ola Volo, right here on the 16 ounce canvas, the art of craft beer podcast. Remember, if you're scoring at home, Ola, O-L-A-V-O-L-O dot com. And you can also find Ola on the Instagram. Follow on the Instagram. You can see kind of the process, see some of the early work, see in processes, our favorite time lapses. And it's just really nice to, to see the, the full suite of her work. Her portfolio is robust. She is busy. She's all over the world. But again, we want to give another plug for her upcoming show that's taking place early October, October 5th and 6th at Settlement Building. That's in Vancouver, British Columbia. It's called King, Queen, Lovers, Full. It's a solo expedition by Ola. You can see more of that information, some previews of her work right on her website and right on Instagram. So we want to thank Ola once again for being a part of it. Really enjoyed this episode. It was a lot of fun, really laid back, good vibe, good energy. Just really liked getting her insight, you know, the hard work that it is to to kind of build that portfolio. It doesn't come easy diving into art. And some of the, I mean, if you look at some of the sizes of these murals, they're they're epic, which would be just an understatement. Just her her most recent one in in Toronto, which I love, but just the idea of just sending emails and emails and reaching out to all these people and just constantly hustling and grinding and really just being passionate about her work and to, to see it come to full fruition, have these little art shows, these murals, these installations all around the world. It's uh, It really just seems like a lovely experience and, you know, couldn't happen to a nicer person. But remember, you're listening to the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast, 16ozcanvas.com. I don't know if I need to tell you that. You're here, you're listening. You found us somehow. Well, However you're here, we thank you. We are having a great time. This is one of our last episodes of season number seven. We proudly announce the artist of season eight. We have Roll the Third Gonzalez. He's going to be on next week. He will be our final episode of season seven. We've already begun recording and programming for season eight, and we're doing the the hustle on our end or the grind the research, finding those great artists for season number nine. I'm about halfway full there. So it never ends. Either we're speaking to the artist or editing or producing or researching or messaging, trying to convince. I don't know. Season nine will get us over 100 episodes, which is fucking incredible. We're definitely going to try to make season uh, you know, nine just as good as season eight, which is trying to be better than season seven. So we're really trying to you know focus on going all over the world we've got upcoming guests from ireland you know really just trying to you know go worldwide and so if you know somebody tag them and you know on their page use 16 oz canvas 
the old hashtag, which is crazy. That's getting us you know, approaching close to a thousand, you know, tags on uh, on social on Instagram. So that's been really exciting. So it's just uh, we're just having fun. Summer's over. Fall is here. Have you seen my SPF 100 skin? I do enjoy spring and fall. So excited for you know the next few weeks uh, shorts with you know hoodies. Life is good. Well, definitely, uh, we went in the closet the other day or the drawers, and it used to be sports teams. We had a lot of T-shirts, and then it was bands, and now we have an insane amount of breweries. And, you know, in the closet, we have a ton of prints. So we definitely uh, living that good life, really excited, like wearing the the brewery T-shirts of the breweries we worked with or, you know, we've been enjoying. Also excited, you know, to support the artists and have their work here in the studio. So it's been exciting. As we mentioned, we're you know finalizing or organizing some details. We'll be working with Heidi Geist. She's doing currently in the midst of her road travels. 48beerproject.com. It's number 48beerproject.com. You can find out more information on what she's up to, where she is on the map. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? So it's really fun. I would yeah, if we had like a little animation thing, we could just have a little, a little bus move all around the country to the different breweries. But, you know, we're going to collaborate with Heidi once again. We'll have her, you know, check in from the road. So we'll be doing a little, little uh, what's up, what's up, Heidi, where the hell are you type thing, find out how she's going, her experiences. So we'll start doing that over the next few weeks. We'll have, uh, you know, make that a regular segment. So we're really excited to to announce that also. So without further ado, though, I think we should just get back into it, right? I think I'm enjoying it, and hopefully you are too. It was nice. It was actually... One of the first times, too, to get folks to ask me back questions to me. So that was really cool. You know, giving some in, uh, feedback on email methods and, you know, what we're listening to later on. Oh, that was a spoiler. But let's get right back into it. This is Ola Volo right here on the 16-ounce canvas, episode number 80, Ochenta. Wow, 80 episodes, right? That's 16 times 5. Yeah, that's 40 times 2. What else we got here for you? How else can we impress you? How else can we impress you? 80 times one. What do you think about that? All right. AJ, you should stop now. Here we go. Enjoy. Now. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, one of the one of the things I noticed is the, the strong, you know, palette or usage of, of black and white. Now, not all of your work is black and white, but there's a really strong power of, you know, of the, of, of black and white. Is that something that was, mm-hmm. you've always been kind of drawn to or, you know, what's, or is it, am I just reading into something? Yeah. I started my, I started all my work. Um, I started black and white work when I went into deep into illustrations. Um, I only did purely black and white work. I just, I was really fascinated by how, and it was all in ink. And so there's a sort of, um, like the unforgiving act of ink you once you make a mark like you sort of you commit to it and then it was like this it's like a traditional way of doing art for me and it was related to folklore and how you know a lot of folklore uh was inked back in the day and i think i was sort of mimicking something that was also like cheap to do like for me i just had ink and paper and i was that's all i could afford at the time and um i thought my it, I think it's challenging because black and white work, if you nail the artwork in black and white and you do the right patterns and you use composition work, 
that is the the hardest part. The color will just add to it and, and, you know, you can accentuate some parts, but it's not going to solve the composition or the character or the story. And so the black and white work was so interesting for me because it was like, it was the most, it was the hardest one because I'm using a lot of patterns in my work and what, like how dense do I keep the patterns? How loose are the patterns? How sort of working in, you know, limited palette of black and white, but thinking about it as a way of contrast and density and how it would, how it is it going to be read when it looks like a busy image, but ARI can actually read read it pretty easily once it starts moving through the artwork. And um, I think it was really good practice for me to understand, you know, this black and white tool and you know like I was doing using these pens microns and I was using Indian ink and I was um using um what is it called you know I started using a lot of spray paint and just black and white work and so it sort of shifted my you know just it was just practice and I think it was practice to get the line work right and it's a very meditative thing too but when you're doing artwork that's um I think that's black and white you, you're doing it's just you're not thinking about color you're just doing mark after mark and there is a sense of meditation and sort of like calmness that that you're just using one tool and that you're so present you're just you know doing the artwork and so I yeah now that I look back at this work I think black and white work is always looks fresh to me like it never looks outdated and it's been years and still the artwork for me just it a classic it is a classic yeah now i do more color because just there's just more demand for color work but um back in the day i just mostly did mostly did black and white and i i thought i was i feared color <laughs> yeah and then i started to add a little bit of browns a little bit of like you know very neutral tones and now i'm you know i'm jumping more into bolder colors and starting to challenge myself in other ways yeah, I, th- I, I mean, I, I, black and white to me, I could always, I could look in black and white all day. I mean, part of it, I don't think it's, I don't know if this is real or not, but I'm colorblind, so I don't see, I, I, I but I'm not black and white. Oh, like you're colorblind. Do- yeah, I'm not, I'm not like black and white. I don't see like a dog, but I always feel like I always, my, what I've been realizing is that at least with black and white, I always know that what I see is what was intended versus maybe the other things. I don't necessarily see the true the true right. color of it. I, I don't know. That's a, that's kind of a hypothesis I've had in over the, since doing this project. So I've always mm-hmm. in my whole life, I've always been drawn to black and white photography, black and white, uh, you know, paintings and images. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really, I really like it. I also I like what you said about that. You know, that the fact that you like, when I'm looking at black and white work, I'm not going to see anything. We we're all very aware that it's like when it's black and white, there's no, the extra detail that somebody else is not like picking up on so it's almost like you can really interpret it correctly yeah we're all <laughs> like we're that. all the same like it's a kind of a, it gives a good uh kind of commonality or connection point which you know i think is, is nice mm-hmm. yeah it's never yeah. people always the next question if we were in person you people would say what color is this or what color is my shirt and so i'm glad we're not mm-hmm. going to do that but yeah, so that's my least favorite part of the sharing that um also there's a strong use of geometry kind of shapes and geometry and, and, and patterns i mean if what i like is that you see the the image you know from the first view and then when you really dive in you know even to like the lapel or the clothing it's all these really mm-hmm. intricate patterns and designs and shapes that you're using i i don't know yeah 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 i i mean 
I think this sort of um, sort of reminds me, well, not reminds me, I guess. The inspiration comes from a lot of the Eastern European folklore, but also just like if you've ever been to Kazakhstan, you realize that pattern heavy everything is just it's the norm. You come into any yurt or into any house household, there's rugs on the on the on the walls, there's rugs on the floor, pillows, there's everything is heavy pattern. And I grew up in this and it was completely the norm. And now when in Canada it's it's not as common to be to go into households that are this heavy pattern. And I I don't even know. I find it to be so beautiful, and it's a really interesting way to, you know, highlight femininity or masculinity or a particular time. Like when I went to Mexico, I was I was uh, doing big mural there, and we went to the market before I started the mural, and the market was full of you know all kinds of pillows and different dresses, and there was this particular patterns that was re- that were repeating and. I drew inspiration from that and I included it into the mural that I did in Mexico and people connected to it much more than I think they would have connected if I used the Eastern European patterns that I usually do. And so um, I found that when I'm traveling, there's this natural, we have a, you know, there's these particular patterns that represent culture and they, they become a bridge to sort of this idea, I, I don't know, multiculturalism for me, but I can also pull particular patterns and borrow and, I don't know, change them so that they connect to the environment better. Um, but I think it should, for me, it's always a mix. And I, you know, I come from a diverse background. I'm, my mother's Polish, my dad's Russian, grew up in, you know, middle of, middle of Asia and like lived in a lot of my life or in on the West Coast in Canada. So there's just such a, like, just like a borscht of <laughs> like a big soup of cultures and I I think that sort of is a, a direct link to why my work seems to be like a bit um a combination of different of different cultures so it's it's pretty much just like <laughs> my background in, in a nutshell well yeah I mean you're saying as you're traveling and all of your experiences through life as your artist, you're kind of evolving and changing. I think that you're able to absorb that into your style or, you know, that, that moment and create something that, you know, even just a different pattern than you're traditionally, you know, used to using to have it resonate more with the people. I think that, you know, it, it shows a, a deeper connection in your art that able your yourself, you know, you're conscious of that and you're trying to mm-hmm. connect with the people and leave that, you know, like we said, like that map, you're leaving that moment in that, area and customizing a little bit to them is uh, it's really thoughtful yeah oh and it's and it's so like it's a constant learning process like the concept that it, you are you don't know what you're going to stumble up on and what kind of inspiration you're going to draw from a particular country or a city or uh, it just keeps you on your toes keeps you curious keeps you want to explore more and travel and yeah i I don't know. I feel like I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah, like I'm creatively hooked. <laughs> yeah, I think you've, yeah. I think you've, uh, you've got the bug. So I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a perfect, it's a perfect fit. Now, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing, you know, the, the folks at Dones a service if I didn't ask about your, you working with them. How did you kind of come? And that's uh, Dones Craft Brewing. Dones Craft Brewing dot com is the brewery. How did you come to, 
to team up with them? I mean, I, I could probably infer oh. infer a few ways, but what, what's the what's the story there? Oh, it was so easy. Um, I mean, <laughs> not easy, but it was such a funny story because it was way before they even opened the brewery. I think they've already, I know they've been saving money to open this brewery. They've been so excited about it. I didn't know them at all, but uh, there was a, there, one of their friends, I, when I was a teenager, I did some modeling and I did a modeling with uh, like one of the shoots with some, with this guy back in like, I don't know, I was like 14 or something. And he ended up, he, I don't know, I never saw this guy again, but he was a friend of uh, Jones Brothers. And he, I guess he was following my work and saw that I ended up doing, you know, art uh, as my direction. And he introduced my work to uh, Evan and Mike. And they just, they like came to one of my openings to an art show. And they were just like, listen, we're doing this here. We're doing this brewery. We want you, we love your art. And we want that to be the brand of our brewery. And, you know, and it was that, that concept was so incredible. That was like right when I got back from New York and I wanted to do more artwork anyway. And I met these guys. They were so cool. They were so chill. Like I, just like their energy was amazing. Like, I'm like, you trust me that I'm going to tell your story in my work and that you're committing to, <laughs> to the style for your brand. And they're like, yes, we just like, if you can design. So I designed their logo. I designed the labels, um, all the artwork for the labels. And a lot of the merch is also all my work. So I ended up, we just started working together before they even opened. And when they opened their first brewery, uh, I did a mural inside the brewery as well. And so now when you come in there, it's like you're in this little world. I would say like it's a little bit of my world, but of course it's their beer and their brand. But it's everything is sort of uh, bounces between the, the labels and the, the three. I was really focused on getting their story, understanding where the family comes from and sending their German roots and um getting every like the personality of every brother and sort of making each character as a reaction to each brother and so the if you look at the all the labels together and like our whatever all the works that we've done together it's actually pretty interesting and very cohesive because it's based on their story like it's not some i'm not just you know pulling stories out of random like this is it's what I gathered from when I hung out with them. And my, the first round of um, labels, it just happened to be that I was in Germany and I was traveling for something and I was working on their labels when I was there and they have this, you know, a lot of their beers are German inspired. And so they able, um, I was pulling a lot of inspiration from my environment. And so I just see sort of like German-esque, uh, like, Faces and then like the German guys and oh, sort of everything was inspired by the environment and so we started rolling with that and anyway that was like six, seven years six years ago I think and we've been working ever since together. Excellent. Now do you still do you still do labels for them? Yeah, I still do labels with them. Um, we haven't done a label in maybe like half a year or something, but um, yeah, still making labels and. I think they're moving to a bigger brewery next month or like in a couple of months. And they're, I'm no, no joke. They are cutting out the mural. Like they're cutting out the mural of the drywall and getting it transferred to the new brewery. <laughs> I was like, I can make a new one for you guys, but they really like this one. 
they they have it all set up that they're transferring a mural which i've never heard before so yeah all the power to them yeah i saw yeah i saw uh where i was in amsterdam i saw like a banksy it was like a banksy exhibit and they had a couple you know street pieces going up and they they, like cut the they cut the concrete out so that yeah yeah that's your next level that's next level stuff right there you know having your your mural (laughs) cut out yeah right (laughs) cut out to be saved like that yeah now, how much time do they, because you're all over the place and you're traveling, how much time do they, you know, come with, what's the, hey, we have a new beer, what's the, you know, what's the, what's the timetable process well, for that? whenever they have a, you know, they're always coming with seasonal beers, like, if it's like a, something for the fall or something for the summer, sometimes it doesn't work out because I'm, you know, crowned with work and I just have a new flavor they need to get out. So they, they sort of like play on the, like play on the design or, t- or grab like little characters from other labels and blow them up and sort of like have them represent a different beer because with the artwork you can really kind of tear it apart because there's like a bazillion characters in every piece and you can take small aspects of it and just make it you know isolate it and make it a thing so uh they've been doing a lot of that whenever i can't uh, take on a gig but it's it keeps uh it keeps the branding consistent it keeps the story alive and it actually looks really fresh. Like sometimes I, I feel like I need to make the label super complicated, but sometimes you just need a just a tad bit, like a one one bird to represent this interesting colch or something like that. So um, yeah, they're but the best part is their beers are really good. Like I and every time I come by, they like set, set, uh, they give me like all the beer in the world. They give me some like oh make sure you give this to your dad. Like my dad's a big fan, so. I always come back whenever I'm in Vancouver. I come back home with like a stack of beer, and my dad's kind of like proudly, you know, he's <laughs> yeah. also in like a bunch of yeah. parades to his friends. And like, if you can see it in a lot of the liquor stores, like pretty much every liquor store in Vancouver who carries their beer, and it's just like, you should see my dad's got this really proud. <laughs> whenever we do, we're walking by, he like points it out to his friends. <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's my. What's your daughter do? Oh, that she's the beer label person. It's like, what? Well, what the murals? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. But but I get free beer. <laughs> but I get free beer out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, Dad. I see. I see how it is. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like them too because they're the. To go back to what we were talking about the the black and white for the I think for the most part I think there's there's a few of them. Uh, I think Alt Beer has some color, a little bit of color, but um, there's, mm-hmm. but I, I really I, yeah I really like it and just the fact that the empty space on you know on the can it's not just crammed which is I- ironic yeah. given that you know your murals you have this much space and you try to fill it in with as much as you can so <laughs> but i'd I, I, I like but to they, sit they, there sorry to interrupt you i wanted to say one more thing i remember when i met them the the reason i was super convinced that they were like in it for 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 the right reason for like having art on labels is that they said we want the label to be all art we don't want our name to be like splashed big on the beer we just want it all to be art and then just on the rim like have the the type of beer and our our branding or like can you hide the logo somewhere in the artwork and i think that also was the key that it's more going to be about the art than than it's going to be like about the like trying to put the logo as big as possible you know it was so and they really stuck to that and they've proven to be very you know consistent in that i just i respect that so much they said that that was their vision and still their vision and yeah 
I I love that too. I think there's always that discussion. People say, "Oh, it doesn't have all the information on the can," and blah blah. But I hate, not hate, hate. I don't try. I try not to use hate in my life. But um, it's, I strongly dislike when it when breweries have their logo is like eighty, you know, eighty point font, and it's massive, and then it's just this tiny. Mm-hmm. It's just there's there's a good there's a good balance, and I get it. It's, it's a huge a it's a huge yeah. risk. It's a huge risk not to have your name. To have your name is small, and so I, I do love the fact that you know it's refined. Mm-hmm. It's very you know it's center, but it's it's still. I mean, I don't know. It's probably like twelve or fourteen point font, maybe you know maybe sixteen mm-hmm, at best. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's right there in the center. But the the art mm-hmm. really is part of the branding, and and you, I mean you can just see. Like I said, go to uh, Dones CBC on Instagram, and you can see how much they love that mural. I mean, if you look in, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like every you know every every 10th picture it's in the background somehow or it's being used so i think mm-hmm. it's easy to talk to talk but you know to walk it and really make it a part of who they are I can, it's really it's really nice because i can just hear in your voice how much you enjoy them as a client and to have that kind of mm-hmm. that almost that where you mix it where you don't really know you know you have a good relationship with somebody and then you get to work on creating something cool together it's uh it's mm-hmm. that's kind of what you hope for Oh no, it's it's a dream. Like I and I think you kind of set my my expectation of other other creative you know clients because you watch maybe not expectation but when you watch a brand or a company go from very beginning the ghetto the the first time they rent the space all the construction just like watching I really I'm really sympathetic to that because just because I kind of went through that with my is my artwork and. Anyways, I was just so, I'm, I, I believed in, like, I knew they're going to do well. They're incredible people, really good energy, extremely hard workers. And then, so that whenever I get a brand that's coming, like a new company that's opening up um, that I really, you know, I really connect with, I think it's cool to take chances also, like, be like, yeah, let's do it together. Like, there's no, there's no direct uh, link that you guys are going to do great or that you're a big company, but that doesn't matter. It's a creative collaboration. So I think this is a clear, like a cool experience to see that a creative collaboration can also grow and grow. And if you nurture it right, if you are on the same page, if you respect each other and you respect each other's time, you guys can have like a cool, cool relationship. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it's been it's been a complete pleasure. So I I I I'm, I'm, I think I'm a little I was a little bit spoiled with that too because they were giving me all the freedom. They're just like do whatever you want. I don't think I've ever whenever I send them my work, they're like we love it, <laughs> go do it. And so it's been amazing. That I mean, not every client is like that, that's for sure. <laughs> but they are. So that was cool. Yeah, and also which I like is you know with your work, your the versatility. You're, you know, you're also. I mean, there's some sketches of you working on. I know it's the iPad Pro or the Cintiq, but like you're even doing, mm-hmm. even able to bring that to life. So I think with with the label work to be able to work on, literally the 16 ounce, you know, canvas to the. That's where we get the name from. Very very punny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and, then the, and then the massive size of the murals, which which it, it just it just shows how versatile to, versatile you are, and it's uh, it's really nice to see that the massive like the far left and the far right of your 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 canvases are insane. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. And and yeah. just and just to kind of make you feel even more, you know, just kind of I, I those the most recent. If you go to uh, Ola's uh, Instagram to to see the 
the the this the bird nest mural you did at the, in the heart of Toronto. I think it, it's just it's beautiful. It's oh, really yeah. Do it's, you like that one? Yeah, it's so vivid, and I like the fact that the shapes, like to you know what you're working on, is not really. It's kind of awkwardly shaped, and you make mm-hmm. it all work, and it just really it's, it is. Yeah, and then I'm a sucker Thank for a good for love. for a good time lapse, <laughs> a good time lapse video, which uh-huh. I think you do from time to time. I always, uh, yeah, I always, I always admire that. Yours look like way more uh, properly set up than I do, where the camera falls over eventually, and <laughs> <laughs> there's ten minutes of just like you know face down the concrete. But yeah, it's just it's nice because it's it's you. you're already trying to make all this yeah. other shit work, and then you're like, oh, I might as well capture this moment too, and and then I'm gonna share it. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's honestly, I find a lot of these murals are kind of like a performance art more than anything. Uh, well, it's a it's an art piece, but it's also this like because it's in public and people are watching, and then you want to share that experience with other people. So you time lapse, but then you're like, I'm on camera, you know, that you're conscious of that constantly. So it's an interesting experience, but I have to uh, give you an insight. That piece was on corrugated metal and corrugated metal is not the easiest surface to work on. And so I had to like learn a technique of how to spray correctly, how to get super tight line work on really corrugated metal. Like the, the, the metal was so, uh, it was 200 feet of corrugated metal and it was, it was the most insane project. I kind of like underestimated how, how like I would have to like figure out a new technique how to spray and it was it's in the heart of Toronto and so there's so many people around all the time and I'm so happy with the project but it was definitely like not the easiest piece I've ever done so but I learned a lot like that that now I'm going back to Toronto next week and I'm excited to go and visit you know revisit some revisit a piece yeah because because right because that's another thing you can I mean you know how to draw you can paint whatever but it's like it's not a flat, you know. The murals aren't this flat canvas. So and even you, know, you see people do mm-hmm. it on stone with exposed brick and different. I mean, we love to think that everything is just completely flat. But even just kind of the you know the caulk areas and in between with the, it, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it doesn't um yeah that doesn't show up. You know, folks don't probably appreciate that until they they feel it, which is another you know sensory piece of the art. You know that murals is you know you can you can touch them and not get somebody yelling at you for trying to touch the piece behind the glass at the museum. So it's nice. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, there's some odd times where murals get tagged and that's just life. Like you also have to understand that you can't just like grasp on it really tightly on the public artwork and feel like it's never going to be touched by other people. Like that's the, that's the life of a street art artwork that's public. Like it's going to be attractive. Maybe somebody tags it, maybe somebody, Maybe it rains and it damages the mirror. Like I don't know, all kinds of stuff. So you don't, you just don't become so attached to the work. You like, once you do it, now it belongs to the public. So yeah, you just let it go, degree. right? Like, yeah, can, let let it flutter, yeah, yeah, let it flutter its wings, and yeah, it goes into the mm-hmm. into the ethos. Yeah, I was gonna ask that. But I thought it was a weird question, but since you kind of mentioned it, have you had like pieces that? Like maybe you know have been painted over and something new's there. Like you go back and it's like, well, where did my piece go? Or the life cycle of a, of the art. I mean, or do you kind of are you, you not be aware of that? Um, yeah, actually, uh, I've had um, I've had a couple of um, experiences that were really, you know, some of them fortunate, some of them unfortunate. But um, recently, I had a mural out in Vancouver, and I did the mural. And in the next, I guess, from like a week painting the piece, 
And then all of a sudden, the day I finished, before I was able, sometimes I put anti-graffiti coating on it because the city requires it because they want to preserve the work for a long time, whatever it is. But it was a kind of a problematic area to begin with. Um, like, I don't know, there's just a lot of things happening in this in that area that, I don't know, a lot of people were tagging walls. But my mural got tagged from like, floor to ceiling, side to side overnight. And it was like 80 feet long. It was one person who came in and just like, just went bananas on the piece. And it just broke my heart, you know, but I also like, I went back and redid the whole piece. So that was another experience. But I, I thought, you know, it was, again, like as I said, like I can't get so attached to the artwork and be emotion, that emotional about it because once it's in public, it has a different life. So you sort of like, you have to take it with a grain of salt, grain of salt, right? Um, but uh, I say that, and then I had this extremely emotional reaction to it. So I don't know. I'm like, one thing to say it, but another thing to live it and then see how you do it. Yeah, it's a learning experience. Yeah, sorry. I asked you because you sounded so zen about it. Like, oh, it's just, it's out there. And then as as you're talking <laughs> about it, yeah, so I do... I, I just I wonder, yeah, because of that. But I, I didn't even know there was anti graffiti coding. That's a, that's that's a good. Like, oh yeah, that's a good enhancement. That's, that's pretty awesome. Oh, it's super cool. It's like it's kind of like you know those bouncy balls. You know those rubber bouncy balls. Yeah, it's the same feeling. It's um, so they like roll it on, and so if anybody sprays, they can just make a par a washer, power washer. Oh, and, okay. And they just like wash the spray paint off because nothing sticks to it because it's just got this like rubbery coating on it um the good thing is like nothing sticks to it the bad thing is if you ever want to repaint that wall good luck because <laughs> it's gonna have a forever it's forever gonna be rubbery <laughs> well good because then they can't yeah then they can't take down your shit yeah you should make that part of all your deals you're there, you're there for well, yeah, yeah right you're there forever right but that's kind of cool so it basically like, just <laughs> it makes a so basically just makes another layer of like so like it's like when you're in uh, yeah. school like the contact paper on your book right so you kind of always just do it over again well that's pretty exactly. smart learn something new every day i had no idea that was i mean i always wondered that i was like yeah because you don't see that oh it's a total industry you and if you also if you kind of just like if you have a house and it gets tagged all the time and you just want to keep it like i don't know or people have like storefronts or something they just put that stuff on and they just like wash it off and they, you know, it sucks to repaint it all the time. Right. So, um, it works for some businesses and the thing is that stuff is so expensive. So it's not, um, it's not ideal. Like it's not something I, I would love to put in a lot of my work, but it's just, it's out of my, it's a lot of the time it's out of the budget because uh. it's like way more expensive than regular paint. So, um, Yeah. You can right. do it on pieces that you like want to preserve. Other ones, you're just, you know what? Screw it. <laughs> Everything yeah. else. I don't know if we have let, a let it live. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if we have an audience in the anti-graffiti uh, realm businesses, but if you're in an anti-graffiti <laughs> paint business and you would like to sponsor Ola, you know, make that you know, she'll she'll use it in her paint her pieces, and you can say it looks as beautiful as the day it was done because of your your thing. So. <laughs> If we can get people some sponsorships, that'd be a weird one to have, but um, that you know, would it, be a dream. <laughs> yeah, but we're, but we're all about it, right? I mean, I talked to uh, a, a gentleman the other day who does who does books and drawings, and he uses big pens because he likes to 
make it simple so that kids can realize that like the power of their art for some of his projects. And someone told Bick mm-hmm. and then he's teaming up with Bick now. So it was kind of cool. So who knows? No. Uh, yeah. So I was like, I was like, yeah, so I was pretty psyched. So the, and graffiti people out there. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I would love it. I would love to connect people. You know, obviously the microns too, if you got want to do that or got a few extra iPad pros sitting around for her. Yeah. Throw it. Yeah. Throw it this way. Yeah. Hook it up. But um, yeah, we'd glad to make it happen. Now, this last question is probably hopefully easy, but I'm curious, especially being a world traveler, what you're listening to when you're creating, are you listening to certain type of music? Do you, is that based on the project? What's uh, you know, what's on the uh, Ola you know, playlist? Um, when I'm actually creating content, when I'm in deep into my in the creative process, I complete silence. I I need to hear my ideas and I love it. go bounce back and forth. When I'm out on the wall, already decided on the concept and just ready to roll it out, I am usually blasting a lot of podcasts. And I feel like with podcasts, I feel like I'm hanging out with a lot of people and I'm like super social or something. <laughs> so I'm listening to a lot of podcasts, listen to This American Life, and I listen to, um, oh my God, I've recently discovered My Favorite Murder, which is the weirdest podcast, but it's the funniest thing. I sound bizarre, but it's I, totally cool and worth checking out. Um, and uh, and then I just blast a lot of like Russian rock. <laughs> and uh, 90s Russian rock and it kind of gets me all like let's do this thing yeah all right well you should I mean (laughs) I know a guy that's got a podcast about uh, beer art so if you want to blast that one next time Mm -hmm. I think you know really take us oh yeah yeah I think I I, yeah I mean I have nothing to offer you um, but uh, (laughs) but we can make that happen right I mean I can I I can what are you listening to these days Uh, I start favorite uh, band I started listening to this, uh, this slow burn. It's like a po- weird podcast. It's about it was about Watergate, and then now it's about uh, oh. Bill Clinton. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. I don't know. It's crazy. Some of the stuff with, with that. Uh, I've listened to that. Yeah. I like uh, I like Chance the Rapper a lot. We listen to him a lot. Uh, I've been listening mm-hmm. to the Ava yeah, Brothers, like, uh, like alt country mm-hmm. bluegrass vibe. And then I always go back. Mm-hmm. My favorite band is Fish. So Fish and Grateful Dead. When I'm kind of Long, okay. yeah, long road trips uh, are good. You yeah. know what I, I recently I dived back into Beach Boys. There you go. Yeah, they they performed in Montreal a couple of weeks, like a month ago or something, and they were so old and they were so great. So they were amazing on stage, and I was like, man, they still got it. And then so I'm starting to revisit them, and they're just they have a lot of they have a lot of. Good I love how, I love so. how you preface it with the, the, you start with they're so old yeah is uh, isn't John is, is John Stamos the drummer like isn't he their drummer which is so weird oh uh, yeah Uncle right. Jesse oh, yeah I, it's so weird I I you know when we were when I was at the concert the singer I forget his name Mike Mike Love I think uh, he was uh, saying like well this is my son on the bass this is my grandson on the guitar and <laughs> so I realized how many generations are on stage and. It kind of put things in perspective. Like they've done some a lot of work in their lives, so a lot of respect. But they're definitely they, they don't look as young, but the voice is still good. So yeah, they're not yeah they're, they're not really uh, working the boys part of the of the band name so well anymore. But, <laughs> but yeah, maybe I was just too focused on the boys part. I was like, oh, beach, boys. <laughs> uh, beach grandparents, yeah, there. beach grandparents doesn't really take. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the audience is also 
very much in the 60s. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Like, oh, somebody <laughs> brought their granddaughter <laughs> here. Oh, you you drive. Yeah. They thought you were like somebody's chaperone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, All right, cool. Well, now, uh, so the, the 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 Russian rock tunes, what, what are some of the bands? Because we'll put some of that in, in with your your episode. Oh, there's this really cool band. Her name is Zemfira. Zemfira, okay. like Z-E-M-F-I-R-A. Okay. And I've been listening to her since I was probably 12. Oh, there we go. She was always like Done. doing, you know, singing from the, from the heart. She's kind of a rock star. She's like this, she's incredible. I can't believe how much, how long she's been playing. And she's always making me feel like such a badass. And yeah, I think that's my number one choice. Have you ever have you ever been rocking out the stuff while you're doing your work and like a just a line goes a little little awry because you kind of got a little crazy into it? <laughs> like oh shit, yeah. Oh. Especially when you're like seven seventy feet or like two yeah. feet up in the air and like you're shaking the lift because you're like shaking your booty and you're kind of like oh probably not a good idea to be shaking this damn thing because like uh, might fall over. Yeah, like that is the high corner. No one's gonna notice this. This flower is now triangles instead of the squares. Eh, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, whatever. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> it's art, right? You're gonna say, "Oh, it's art." What do you mean? Well, don't you judge me. This is my art. Don't you judge me. <laughs> like I'm in the to say I'm in the zone. I'm yeah, in the zone. <laughs> this is my abstract. This is my abstract period. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna use that one. It's my abstract period. Yeah. But like, I'll just say like the weekend. It's my abstract period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not a commission. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, 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 thank you so much. I really appreciate you know you. Thank you. Making time to, to be a part of the project. I, I really feel like I feel like I could speak to you for hours, which is a, probably our, our highest compliment. Thank you. Yeah, it's really just natural. <laughs> thank um, you. Thank yeah, you. it's really wonderful. And I look yeah. forward to, to following along. Um, I'm not sure when I'll be in your neck of the woods, but if you're in New York City anytime, I would love to mm-hmm. thank you in person. I, I, I need to get back to Toronto, so maybe that could be a connection oh. point. But I will follow along, and I look forward to... Uh, sharing you know sharing the experience and I, I appreciate you being a guest thank you so much thank you for having me and it's always such a pleasure to you know to speak to people like-minded people so uh it was really cool to get your insights and your perspective on my work but i i also so nice to talk to you i feel like i could talk to you forever and uh, i'm definitely going to be in new york soon so if you are in new york there ha- there's a mural that you can go check out of mine it's, it's on right in the flat iron district Okay. There. Yeah. It's yeah. On the 21st and 5th Ave. Um, I'll send you the exact location, but yeah. it, there's like a Starbucks thing. I'll take a selfie Starbucks. with it and then it'll be mine. I'll put it up <laughs> on, I'll tag you up. Yeah, no, because I, I would love to say <laughs> that I could get, I would love to get some Doan's beer and we try to, when we do the episode, we, you know, we'll have a couple and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll post it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of to bring it, it kind of, but then also I don't drink the beer unless I've had it because I don't want it to impact it. But Don's Brothers, I bet it's really great. Right. So if I can't if I can't get great. some Don's, um, uh, I'll definitely uh, take a ridiculous selfie uh, photo shoot in front, in front of it. In <laughs> we'll make it and happen. 5th. I think they're I think they're making their way. I think they might be making their way to the East Coast. All right, brothers. So all right, Don's. I think. Uh, <laughs> Get it out here so that we can all have it. Exactly. All right. Well, cheers and and thank you so much, Ola. I look forward to I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much, Adrian. All right. Bye bye. Okay. Have a good day. Bye bye. Bye bye. And there we have it, folks. 
the one and only Miss Ola Volo right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Great opportunity to connect. Really appreciate being a part of the project. Very positive, upbeat, really inspiring. Impressive to see all the hard work she's doing. Doesn't I mean it's it's mind blowing to me. We talk about the 16 ounce canvas, and we always ask folks, you know, about working on such a small scale, and to see the you know the massive pieces that she's rolling out there, and then even those cans that she's doing are it's really great. And I just uh, we know they're in Canada, but we'll definitely make sure that we get a chance to to check those out. If we've got any Canadian listeners out there, or you know, the crew at Dones, I'm not sure what what international laws are. Sadly, we've got some weird issues with Canada and the United States now. We're not talking like we should, but let's fix that. Let's fix the problems between the U.S. and Canada right now and just drink beer together and celebrate wonderful art, amazing artists like Ola. I want to see, I definitely want to see some uh, photos of the mural from Dones being transported Banksy style to the new location. I want to wish them all the best on their expansion. Love the black and white of the cans. Love anything you do with the family. Brothers don't shake hands. You know, brothers got a hug. To quote a wise man, Mr. Boy of Tommy. But it's just really, uh, it's just been a really great experience to have the opportunity to connect with Ola, learn more about her, her business, her hustle, her world travel, these massive pieces that she's putting up and kind of insight into the, how that goes. O-L-A-V-O-L-O dot com or Ola Volo on Instagram. Make sure you let her know we said hello. Hopefully we get a nice print here. When we when we get big time when when podcasts start paying the bills, we'll have to commission her to do a you know a mural. I don't know when that's gonna happen. I think we might move to a new home office at some point, but I don't imagine having walls that, that size. But as I like to say, a boy can dream. This is the 16-ounce canvas, episode number 80. You're just listening to Ola Volo chat with yours truly, episode Ochenta. And we are getting close to wrapping up season number seven, and we cannot be happier. We're working on a few really cool things for 2019. We've been solicited by a few galleries and just other cool stuff. We'll, we'll you know, leave some teasers out there, but we're definitely going to make some magic happen. We're going to get together again. And it's going to be a lot of fun, so, so stay tuned for that. If you have not had a chance to, head on over to iTunes or wherever it is that you do get your podcast on. We love a rating. We love a review. It really helps us. It spreads the word. It helps us move up in the rankings. And, you know, just a small little favor. We would appreciate it. But until next week, I want to thank you. Remember, you know, you're listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. We're trying to do something unique. I don't think my dad listens, but just in case he does, we're heading to the home sweet home, city of brotherly love, the Philadelphia, Philadelphia PA, home of the world champion, Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. But this weekend, we're going to wish my dad a happy 70th birthday. So happy birthday, Pop. Hopefully you're checking this out. I don't think you are. I don't really think you know how to do the podcast. As you always ask, how can you do the podcast? But we'll get you on there. We'll cue it up and let you hear it. Love you. Until next week, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Cheers.